0: We have a really special episode in store for you today as we focus in on our top five most listened to episodes, but with a little different twist. This year, I hit rewind and I invited our guests back on to bring us up to speed with anything new that they have going on. You're definitely going to want to listen in because there's some pretty rad things happening here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I also want to thank you, our faithful listeners, for making 2021 an amazing year for Exploration Local. I'll say more about that at the end of this episode, but I do want you to know how much your support means to me. I appreciate your DMs, emails, text messages, and calls, and I love it when you suggest guests for the podcast because it means you're dialed in and know what would be great content for the show. I am truly grateful. This episode is going to mark the end of 2021, but I'll be back in late January to kick off 2022, and I cannot wait for you to hear the episodes we have lined up for next year. But for now, let's get the top five countdown underway. way. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel the spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Congratulations to our podcast guest who made it to the top five. We'll discuss them in the order they were released, and where we weren't able to get a verbal update from our guest, we'll play a few clips and provide some updates that they've given to us. If you haven't listened to these full episodes yet, I'll put an episode link in the show notes, so be sure to check them out and download the full episodes. You will not regret it. Okay, first up, episode 34. The title, WNC Outdoor Collective, a gathering place for outdoor makers, retailers, enthusiasts, and adventurers. Now, I've been to the collective probably less than a dozen times, but every time I go in, I'm always amazed at all of the new stuff that's going on, some of the new brands that are being represented, and it's always great to catch up with Lincoln Walters. I'm amazed at what this man has been able to accomplish along with the people around him, and I wish the Collective nothing but the best of luck. The Collective has a really distinct vibe, profiling some amazing local and regional brands, and it's just always changing and updating. Let's listen in. Well, this is awesome. I am back here with Lincoln Walters. Obviously, he's in this podcast, so he is one of the top five most listened to episodes. And uh, Lincoln and I were talking earlier, this episode with WNC Outdoor Collective was really pivotal for this whole podcast. Uh, It opened up a lot of doors for us. So for that, Lincoln, I'm extremely grateful for all the work that you all have done and the cross promotion and everything. You were uh, just huge for us. But I'm walking in here. This is not the, I guess, I guess I'm, I've probably been in here maybe a half dozen times since you all actually did the opening. And of Mm -hmm. course, listeners are going to remember that the podcast launched prior to you all actually opening your doors. There was construction going on and a lot of neat things were happening and it was coming down to the wire for you, but already this place has changed. It's grown. And I'm just looking forward to hearing you talk a little bit about some new things that have come on, some new things that are in the store, some changes vision for the future. Just bring us up to date, man. Where yeah. are things oh, now? Oh
1: man, it is, uh, it's been an exciting ride in a very short period of time. And it's funny when people walk through the doors, it's, it's, oftentimes, it's as if, uh, they feel like this place has been open for a long time. And, and, you know, they say, we've never, we never knew that you were here. You know, how long have y'all been around? And, you know, we tell them since this past April and they're just shocked. And so, um, But at the end of it all, even in a very short period of time, I'm just grateful people come through the doors, Yeah, you know, because you're, you're always, you never know when you step out in that next venture and you kind of step into that and there's a lot of faith and belief in what you're going to do, but you never know until you actually officially open up and, but people have shown up. And so it's been, (laughs) it's been great.
0: What have been some of the surprises that you've had along the way? Maybe it's how far somebody's traveled to be here or just popping in. What are some of the surprises?
1: Yeah. Well uh, funny enough, and as we were talking just before the podcast we had a, um, uh, a guy reach out before we even opened uh, following up on the podcast from the podcast uh, I think he was out of, of R- the Raleigh area about um, him wanting to connect because he loves what we the idea that we were creating of this really just community space that that happens to sell retail product in the outdoor industry, especially locally made and locally sourced and Um, And so uh, those are those are fun things that kind of have come about. But uh, other surprising things, um, I think for us, we've just really have been working on our identity Mm. and who we are. You know, this idea of bringing local brands that are in the outdoor industry under one roof with this idea of community being the center of that, this kind of beer garden area coffee shop area just really honing in on you know we we are a a community space that happens to sell outdoor retail products yeah you know and and um and you've been really
0: clear from that from the very beginning. Yeah, that was what was so different from your business model. It wasn't just a store. It was a. It, this is a gathering
1: place. It is yes, and and but to be able to define it before you open and then try to under, you know and, and wrap words around it, saying hey, we're we're a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you just got to come and check it out to kind of better understand all of those pieces coming together. But at the end of the day, it, it's this hey, this is where people belong. If you love the outdoor industry, if you love uh, local, uh, whether it's local made, local beer, local coffee, this place is a a welcoming place for you, right? And then when you need that climbing harness, I think I said on our last episode, or you need that uh, piece of camping equipment or gear or whatever it may be, we have that also, you know, so...
0: Well, it's been really neat to watch you from the outside in. Even with the entire Made by Mountains movement, that whole group that's coming along, there's a whole thing that's with that, too, with the growing outdoors and and the uh, WNC Outdoor gear builders. Uh, That's all sort of interrelated. But when that went up, it just seems like that's a real high-profile piece for you yeah. here. Just the painting on the wall, the musicians that you've had in the events yeah. that you've held, they all really speak to me To yeah. And they're a visual of that community space.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's funny because as you're sharing those, I'm thinking, oh yeah, we did all these things. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. hard. Some, It's almost like a blur already of everything <laughs> that, that we've been fortunate enough to be a part of. One of them being the Made by Mountains kind of launch of, uh, you know, the idea being Man, if you live in this region or if you love this region, you've in some way have been shaped by these mountains, you know. And so that's that's the kind of the call there with the made by mountains. And if you have outdoor gear that you're manufacturing in this in this region. You know these mountains help kind of shape that, and we had the the privilege, truly privilege, to be able to host that kind of launch yeah. uh, of that. And, and now it's a, it's a nonprofit. It moved from a concept in how we're going to market and advertise this area, mm-hmm. to it now being a nonprofit in and of itself. Um, and the Outdoor Gear Builders has everything that is going that's going on there which they're really expanding and growing at a, a rapid rate because they're realizing it's so much more than just makers and creators. You know, it's people that are in the outdoor industry in, in many ways, whether it's a service or, or a lot of those other things. So for us in some way, as the outdoor collective, to to be a part of what's going on in that movement, man, it's been truly, truly amazing. People come and just, just hang out here because they they love hiking or they just finished um the uh, the appalachian trail you know there was a a guy that came in the other day and i was just reading an article on him uh just this morning he cool was 150 days or something like that and he he did the entire at but he was just hanging out here the other day telling a little bit of a story
0: that's know? awesome yeah that is exactly what you were hoping would happen oh
1: man for sure vision for sure.
0: is coming through it's coming to reality yeah. it's growing probably i would imagine
1: yeah we 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 have um Right now, we're focusing on uh, events that are going on in the community. And uh, can't really say just yet, but we have a, a really exciting event, even at the end of February, that we have the, the privilege to host, kind of be the, the the title sponsor. And and so we're trying to tighten up the, the loose ends there before we make that announcement. And there's a uh, another one I might have a conversation today with, um, that, that it's a, a climbing event. Um, event that we, you know, might be able to be a part of, you know, awesome. and, and it's fun just to be a part of those things. To yeah. kind of Be involved in, in what's going on in, in everything that, that this area has to offer in the outdoors, you know? Yeah. So...
0: So so let's talk about your space. Right now, I am literally sitting in an area that's been repurposed. There are different brands that are coming in here. Mm -hmm. And I could imagine, I mean, your square foot is, I mean, at some point it has to be finite. So there's only but so many things that you can put in here. But um, you have some new brands that have come in, some new people that are trying to be a part of what you have going on here as well.
1: Yes. And an an example of that is where we're sitting currently. Uh, Originally, we had a uh, a maker in the space, uh, uh, Pisgah Bike Works. Uh, and Dylan, he he has done a great job at trying to uh, scale his brand, and it. And we wanted to see if by having your your space at a place like the Collective, just by the foot traffic an, alone, to be able to create awareness uh, about your brand and who you are, he was able to prove that model out. And so now he's moved out and expanded, you know, because we couldn't host uh, more space uh, in in here for for him in particular, but. Um yeah, so that's been exciting to kind of see people flourish even in a short period of time. Yeah. We've had brands that have uh additional brands that we have brought in that we're really excited about uh seeing what they look like and as we grow, we're growing in the memberships. Uh memberships are are people that we invite into the collective that are a maker or a local brand or a regional brand for that matter that, that we bring in. So uh,
0: we talked about some of the things that were surprises to you along the way, but what are some of the things that besides the community that was being built here, or you hope to be built here, what are some of the other things that are really from your vision have come to fruition here, Lincoln?
1: You know, I, that this would be a, a place where the community would feel welcome. I mean, I, I kind of, I know I've shared that a short time ago, but 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 just the length of time that uh, this place would be used, uh, and we've had uh, and meaning, at seven o'clock and now in this season, its starting at seven thirty, the coffee shop is open. Yeah. and so people are walking through the door, just grabbing a coffee, and, and, and oftentimes when we're in the retail space, we see people looking through the window, uh, looking at what what we offer, you know, uh, And then late into the evening, we have, we'll have workshops that people have reached out to us saying, Hey, love what you have going on over at the collective. This is what we do. Would it be a space that that could fit that workshop, that clinic, that event? And so, um, or we'll have. I didn't realize how uh, just the live music in and of itself, you know, the the attraction that that brings for people to come. And uh, again, it just be a place of, of community for people. Um, another surprising thing. Uh, the amount of families that come through the door, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect as far as the exact demographic or audience, but on a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday evening or, or afternoon, um, there would be families that would come in and, you know, the kids are kind of hanging out, playing around while the, the the parents are having a beer and, and hanging out with their friends. And uh, it's just been a neat Space to see a broader audience than maybe what I had thought was yeah, going to come. Yeah. And so um, that that's really been neat to see and witness.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah. uh, again, and I just thanks for your time. And it, it's so good to be back here in the space with you. I yeah, know you thanks guys are getting back. ready to open, so yeah. we'll probably have to wrap it up here. But again, kudos to
1: you. I, I'm going to give a shameless plug here. It, you know, if you are in the outdoor industry and you're a maker or a creator, uh, and you think uh, your product or service might fit at The Collective, man, reach out. That, that would be amazing. And, and or even if you're a, an awesome band and you wanna, you're interested in doing a gig or something, we want to be a place that, that just welcomes people. So, um, yeah, reach out to us.
0: Good. Good stuff. Well, Lincoln, all the best to you, all the best to WNC Outdoor Collective and thanks, what you're Thank doing, you. we're all reaping the benefit of.
1: Oh, thanks, man. It's been good. It's been good.
0: If you haven't had a chance to visit The Collective yet, Definitely plan a trip the next time you're in Black Mountain. It's the kind of place that has to be experienced, not just visited. Plus, who doesn't enjoy spending time in Black Mountain? All right, next up, episode 36. The title, Something in the Saluda Air Fills the Heart and Soul. This episode was especially fun because I really didn't realize when I showed up that I would be meeting with longtime, multi-generational family members We met at the Saluda Historic Depot Museum, which was so appropriate given the fact that the railroad really gave this town its roots. I met with Cindy Tuttle. She's a fourth generation descendant of Saluda. Judy Ward, who is the general manager of the museum and a descendant of the Thompson family. So when you see the Thompson store in downtown Saluda, that's Judy's family. We also met with Marka Denka. She is the daughter of Dr. George A. Jones. He's a Saluda native and the founder of the Henderson County Historic Society.
2: Initially, the town began to uh, slowly build to meet the needs of the railroad workers. Okay. And then, when the um, train actually did make it up the grade and the tourists, the um, low country folks started coming up. Then they needed to meet their needs. And then that's when the boom of the inns and boarding h- houses began. Okay. And at one time, Saluda had well over 30 inns and boarding houses. Wow. Which for this small area, that, that's, that's a lot. lot. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of them during the Great Depression. Um, of course, rumor has it, it they were burned for insurance money. Oh, boy. But there are a few still standing, and but they're, uh, most of them are private residences now.
0: Much of the charm of this little town is its connection to its past.
2: I think the town em- embraces its history. Mm-hmm. I know it embraces its history. You can't right. walk down Main Street and not feel like you're walking down the street with someone from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just feel you feel I know Martha can probably agree with this. You feel your ancestors here. Wow, that's a good way to put it. it, You feel it. They're here. And I mean, I feel like I come home.
0: Something in the Saluda air fills the heart and soul. What a perfect title for this episode. Judy Ward does a great job explaining why this is so true.
3: And I just want to share this too. Talking about Saluda and and how the slow pace is and how you feel so safe here. You know, I have grandsons. And they love coming here because they can just roam freely. Mm. And I I never understood that because it's like I'd be in the store and they say, "Can I go across the street to the park?" And the kids love the park here, and and they just felt like they were free to
4: be
2: a kid. go, yeah, yeah, and be
3: a kid and run and have a good time. And it's it's great for the kids to come, and it's great to see kids that are interested in the railroad. Yeah, I had a young man here yesterday, and he you. Know, he knew more than I knew, isn't That's he? awesome. And now he's, we're Facebook friends, and he's sharing all these pictures, and it's just great to see the, the interest there.
0: But I, I think you're right. I think you know. just in the past week I, I've met a man from Chicago that was here trying to do a documentary. He's going all across the United States, mm-hmm. and he just ha- happened to pop in. And one of the things that he said, we were in M.A. Pace at the time getting ice cream, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he said was, this is just the most polite place that I have mm-hmm. ever been to. And I thought that was pretty That's striking. Great. I was at the visitor center. There was a couple from Texas that were mm-hmm. coming in. They're just trying to look for a, uh, not a second home, but a retirement home. Mm-hmm. So they want to retire here. They love everything that, that it's about. And then seeing families and kids in the middle of the day, yeah. which was really cool mm-hmm. too. So that was, that was just neat to see people just kind of coming and going. And, you know, I've been here at all different times of the day and it's just, it's the same. They're just people that are, that are just here kind of enjoying mm-hmm. the, the sort of the, the slower pace, so to speak. Right. I think in many ways people are drawn to Saluda because it allows us a chance to return to a time when community revolved around a town's main street and there was a shared sense of place.
3: It was so much fun and it was packed on weekends and you know and you was, it was great to hear that people come in and say, "Oh, I remember coming here when I was a child." Da, da, da. It's like this is, and what really touched me is a lot of people when they used to come to Saluda, they'd stop to come in the store to see Charlie. Really? Because he was a loving, wonderful man.
0: That is say. so cool. He
3: really embraced everybody.
2: Whenever I would go in the store to see Charlie, he would always give me a great big hug and say, you know, darling, you one of us. <laughs> and uh, that made me yeah. so happy when he would I, do that because he, he he did, he always made you feel special mm-hmm. no matter who you, who you are, I, like, he made you feel special. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. And just yeah, a dude. note about Thompson's, It was. It went into started business in 1890, right? Mm -hmm. And the grill was put in in the late 50s, right? Or or 1960s, yeah. Uh But it was a place where everybody hung out back in Mm -hmm. those days, and
0: and and I understand. I understand. Not much has changed. Mm -mm. I mean, if you walk in there now, it's like walking in there. The well 60s. Mark
3: Thompson did a complete
2: restoration, but he did it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right.
3: He redid uh, I mean he added on a lot upstairs and he added he redid the out back, the barn, and there's yeah. a deck where we used to have events and things. So he really did do a, a great job with it. And it is it does have its own meat market. So it is special that you can go in and pick out what you want or ask for Charlie's sausage that they still make. And, okay. And uh, and you know, a lot of people still enjoy that.
0: Don't be fooled by this quaint throwback town. There's a wonderful mix of restaurants and cafes, businesses, outfitters, events, and seasonal live music that will make you fall further in love with this beautiful mountain town.
2: Mm-hmm. So Saluda, when it comes to live music, Saluda really, you know, is, to be a, such a small town yeah. offers a wide
3: variety. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place to come in for entertainment. Yeah. Um, and probably back, Five or six years ago, Kathy Jackson and I decided we needed to promote some outdoor music, yes. too. So we started Top of the Grade concerts. Really? And that was really at the beginning. It was twice a month over in the park. Then we kind of backed off, and it's once a month. Okay. But great to have these uh, bands come and play. And people just enjoy, of course, being outside. They bring their chairs, their our picnics, and we just have a good time in the park. <laughs>
0: Next up, episode 45, where we talk about the Flora State Trail. This episode started out long before it was a recorded interview. It started out as a bit of a scavenger hunt, really, collecting clues along the journey of finding an elusive trail system. It started out at Kitsbo in downtown Old Fort, and it continued for another hour before I just finally gave up. It would be another few weeks before I could pursue it, but it always was intriguing to me. But I finally started connecting some dots and doing some research. Several months later, I finally connected with Beth Hiley, who at the time was the executive director of the Friends of the Fontaflora State Trail. And we scheduled some time to sit down in Black Mountain to record an episode. You'll quickly discover Beth's passion for the state trail. Ultimately, when this trail is complete... Beth, it will have how many miles?
4: 100 miles all the way from Morganton in Burke County to Asheville in Buncombe County. And it's a very exciting trail because it's a little bit different than some of the others is. It takes you around lakes and rivers and mountains. And at the same time, you dip down to all the little municipalities along the way.
0: The 100 mile trail from Morganton to Asheville will encompass some of the most beautiful natural areas in this region, as well as introduce travelers and adventurers to beautiful and active mountain towns along the way. When you think about each of the regions and you think about as you all have been designing this this trail, how would you describe, maybe starting from Morganton and then maybe kind of coming our way up here to Black Mountain?
4: Yeah, so Morganton has taken on a whole new life, probably in the last 10 to 12 years. It's interesting I have this to measure with because I was in Raleigh. Gosh, I don't know if I was there. It seemed like forever, but probably 15, 20 years. And when we moved back to Valdez, I know that was 2011, and I went to reconnect with all the towns along the way. So I know that Morganton seemed kind of dead. I know there was nothing in Old Fort. (laughs) Like, I know that things have been changing along the way. So now some people will call Morganton a little Asheville. I don't know if they like that idea or not. But it's really an up-and-coming hip town with three or four breweries and so many nice places to eat and with the trail coming through, the North Carolina School of Science and Math going there. There's just a lot of activity, but still not um, big city. It's still quaint and nice community where everybody knows each other and just a lot going on there. So Morganton is kind of, I guess, a good medium-sized town. So I would start there with your downtown and then – we're coming around Lake James. Lake James is split across two counties, so it's part Burke County and it is part um, McDowell County, and um, so both places are claiming that. And there's plenty of um, camping and houses and Lake James State Park there, and just it's just a beautiful, beautiful, pristine lake there. Up, oh, I left out Glen Alpine along the way. They just have about a thousand people, and they're trying to reinvent themselves right now they've had a lot of industry leave Um, they have one section of downtown where they had a restaurant they had an ice cream shop they have a great outfitters there with appalachian mountain sports but during covid they've lost their ice cream and lost their restaurant Uh and they're just kind of fizzling out and they're seeing the trail as a way to bring people back in absolutely so technically the Fonta Flora state trail won't go into um, Glen Alpine's downtown. It'll be one mile away. Okay. So I'm working with Glen Alpine to look at some grants and look at some opportunities to plan trail from their downtown to Flora State Trail where there's um, kayak put in access. Nice. So that's called water mill access. So they may not be right on the trail but that one mile close and we'll have a connector to them and support them and promote them. And they are hoping to of bounce back with this trail or have it breathe life into them and that's like all the different um municipalities along the the way have a different goal so they want people to come to their community and they want to be a trailhead coming on up the road to marion and their bigfoot festival we have been so lucky to work with marion because they have a trails association mcdowell trails association Who has been extremely active and they partner with mcdowell county and the city of marion and have their respect to help plan their trails and help talk to dot about trails and um so having them already on the ground and already have the respect of the local governments has been a huge boost so they help with point lookout they were helping connect the two um Marion Greenways, where they're gonna to have to go across 70 so that's been um, a big boost there and Marion has really grown just in the last year that I've been Fumbling around and finding my way because we have our post office box there. And the McDowell Chamber is kind of my office away from home. So much going on. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> then, if this is kind of combined with Old Fort. And I can't believe we had not even talked about this yet. Is um, McDowell Technical Community College. Oh, that's right. With the toll trail building. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I have the trail building class now. And maybe you'll talk about that with the G5 folks. But that's been a great asset. And I took the class in March. I was in their very first class that they cool. have of trail maintenance, but I had been doing um, trail maintenance and stuff before, but I thought it would be a good primer to get in there and see what other folks could learn and promote that. So that's going on, but the cool thing is that class is going to move to downtown Old Fort. Oh, so no. that's yeah. the next awesome. one down the line. They got a grant to um, take up space in a building in downtown Old Fort, an $800,000 grant to wow. have the trails class there and some other continuing education type classes. So. Old for it when I was saying we moved back to this area ten or twelve years ago. We went to see the geyser and see Catawba Falls, and like there was nothing to eat at except Hardee's, right. so we hit at Hardee's. And now when you go, they got one brewery, one on the way, many places to eat, and just so much activity going yeah. on. It's amazing what this trail, not just Fonta Flora, but the U.S. Forest System trails, and just bringing in. Um, I don't know, just some things going right all at the right time for them to make them a big hub and then as you said you're at point lookout where that is a paved greenway right now all the way up to ridgecrest and we'll get to black mountain and black mountain has the one mile um, river oak trail that we talked about and we're still kind of talking about where does black mountain want the trail to go because we talked about Well, Glen Alpine is needing this trail. They would love for it to come downtown. They want people to come and visit them and learn about them. But Black Mountain, you know, it's a beautiful town. And it's like overflowing with people. They have tons of people walking their main streets and restaurants and whatever. So they're kind of thinking maybe the trail should dip down a little south of town. So. Keep those two areas separated and that's what we're working on together and it's up to the local municipality on how they want the trail to impact their community and same with Asheville right now the trail is planned to end at um, the River Arts District in Asheville and we're gonna have a hike and learn event there Um, in october of this year to talk about this is where the trail will end but Asheville has plenty of visitors right now they have plenty of tourism they are wanting to make sure they are taking care of their citizens so for them when we talk about Flora state trail and talk about the route we want to make sure those who live there are benefiting and that they're not being overwhelmed by more people just coming to get on a trail there
0: now while the trail isn't complete there are still sections for you to enjoy. There are some sections of this trail that we can enjoy right now.
4: Oh my goodness, right? yes. Yes, there's about 32 miles. The majority of them are Burke County, again, since they kind of started it up and had extra money from Duke Energy. There's 20 miles around Lake James. And if you go to our website, fontaflorastatetrail.com, I've listed out now where you can go find these parts of the trail. I have GPS coordinates if you can't find um, their random placement because when you drive behind a dumpster and you think you're. <laughs> (laughs) on somebody's driveway and it's the most confusing thing. So I've got coordinates and telling you exactly where you can go and what kind of um, surface it is or just join us at one of our hiking learns. They're a lot of fun to uh, meet other folks and learn the area and get out there and explore together.
0: In the full episode you'll learn the extraordinary challenge of developing a North Carolina State Trail across multiple county and municipal boundaries and you'll also develop a deep appreciation for all that is happening behind the scenes to make this trail a reality. The Friends of the Fauna Flora Trail website continues to evolve to meet the needs of all future users of the trail, including an interactive map to explore the trail. Hike and learns are a good opportunity to learn about the trail as well. We'll have a link to their website in our show notes.
4: One of our goals is to create a map an interactive map that you can get on our website and explore or you will have a brochure that you can look at and I started a series in April I guess it was of what I'm calling hiking learns I kind of did it to help myself and say well this is community outreach at the same time it's like let's go to a location understand where you get on that trail and actually walk it and then we would also go and have lunch at somewhere in the area so we did four of those in the spring and we're getting ready to kick off um three in the fall just to help people understand where in the world do we get on this trail because it is so um, s- scattered about a little sporadic and a little crazy and some sections have already existed as their own thing like in black mountain it's the river oak trail greenway and that's a one mile paved section that's been there gosh i don't even know how long but that's now designated Flora state trail Who would have known we need to get some orange feathers out there? And then in Marion, you have their greenways, two separate greenways that don't even connect, but they're Fontaflora. So we're trying to make all these connections along the way and educate people that the trail exists.
0: Next up, episode 46. This is all about the Old Fort Trails Project. In this episode, I sat down with Jason McDougald He's the executive director of Camp Greer and the G5 Trail Collective. Lisa Jennings, she's the recreation and trails program manager with the U.S. Forest Service. And she serves the Grandfather Mountain District. Then we had Levita Logan. She is with People on the Move for Old Fort. And Stephanie Swepson Twitty with Eagle Market Streets Development Corporation. The four of us sat down to discuss a
2: first-of-its-kind
0: trail proposal in Old Fort. And what I have come to learn and experience about this trail system is that it's about far more than just trails through woods. It represents community involvement and engagement at its highest form, a love and passion to see a small town become vibrant once more, and a vision for a positive future for Old Fort by tapping into its history, culture, and its priceless natural assets. Unfortunately, Stephanie was unable to join us, but listen in as Jason, Levita, and Lisa share some amazing news and updates.
5: A few weeks ago, the Forest Service signed the decision approving the 42 miles of trails. So this is really the culmination of two years of behind-the-scenes planning efforts and community collaboration that led us to the moment where Pisgah National Forest said you can build these trails, we're approving them um, pretty much as was proposed in the initial map and information, and then we'll start building that over, you know, probably the next five to 10 years, but starting with what we're calling phase one this winter. And I'll let Jason give the other part of the announcement about that phase one and funding.
6: Awesome. Yes, yeah, so I'll share our part and then I'll turn it over to Levita to share the other side of the award. So the Camp Greer and G5 Trail Collective was awarded almost a half million dollars to build the first phase of, of new trails, the first part of the parking lot. And so we've hired two trail contractors who are going to do that work, trail dynamics, um, as well as single tracks. Uh, they will be starting in mid-January, and they hope to be done by mid-summer uh, awesome. with those six miles. So we've got a uh, our only our one and only groundbreaking will be uh, is scheduled for January 15th. And uh, so we we hope to uh, be, be literally breaking ground on that day, and then we'll cut ribbon on new trail sometime this summer.
0: Awesome! So good to hear.
3: And also, uh, yeah, IGA Street and Development purchased uh, the building in the the mural building. Nice. Um, through the Dogwood Grant, am I correct? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be. I think people's people on the move is going to have an office there as well. So we're all looking forward to getting all that straightened out and getting all that together. So it's really exciting news.
0: Oh, that's good. And naturally, people are excited about the forty-two miles of trail, the huge cash influx to be able to start this whole project and get it off the ground, literally. And so, I just from you all's perspective, when you talk to people in the community and you hear the buzz around it, obviously I'm sure that it's, it's a retort question because it's all positive, but is it more than you all would expect the the positive response to it? Or was it as expected or anything surprised you in that with the the enthusiasm behind all of this, y'all?
5: We always say like, when we started this, we didn't realize we'd be at like 42 miles of new trails. Right. So It was hard to know what to expect um, because nobody's ever done this on the Pisgah before or, you know, in Western North Carolina. And so it's been overwhelming the amount of folks who have supported the project, both through, you know, financially, through grants, through our partners, and then also coming out to volunteer days. We had that big trail work weekend with 50 people on bikes and on horseback. And, you know, just lots of of good words. And we're excited to see that as we go forward and see people out on the trail, because that's the real test is how the trails are. And we're really excited about how they're going to turn out and the builders we have lined up.
0: That's awesome. Now, I know you all have the RSVP that's out there for the groundbreaking ceremony. Uh, Have you all already had a good number of people that have expressed interest in RSVP to come be a part of that grand opening?
6: Yeah, I think so. I I know it's on Facebook and it's also been getting some Instagram shares, but I, you know, I, I don't have the the numbers right, right in my head. Um, but just based on kind of the alerts that I see come on my phone, it seems like (laughs) it's getting out there pretty well.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That is so good. The first six miles, how long do you think that, and I know Lisa, this is the first time something like this has been done, but When you anticipate and try to benchmark where your next funding would be, do you have any idea of how long it would be to to be able to get mile seven, eight, nine, Mm ten and along?
5: And I'll just I'll talk from the construction piece and then let Jason talk about funding. But, you know, something we've set as kind of a goal for ourselves is to do about six miles a year every year for the next six to seven years. That would get us to 42 miles. And from, a, um, you know, what we can reasonably build on the ground with our local trail builders and what we can manage to make sure that they're top-notch trails, that that feels pretty good from where we're sitting. And we're working to prioritize that so we're one step ahead. Um, but a big key piece is the funding. So not everything's funded yet. And um, Jason can talk about that.
6: Yeah. So, you know, like LaVita mentioned, we, we applied kind of in two separate tracks you know camp greer and g5 applied for the trail funding and then stephanie and eagle market street applied for the the funding to purchase the building um which will be a, a business incubator um, for the community and so you know dogwood health trust has been just a tremendous partner in, in helping us get this idea that we had you know helping us bring that into a reality and so we're you know once we get these trail builders on the ground, we're doing the the legwork now to prep the next six miles. And so we had an archaeology team in town um, this month, uh, last week, actually. They were here for two weeks, and they were essentially clearing the next block of trail. Um, and so, you know, we hope to be doing the reports on the next you know doing the archaeological and cultural work on the next block of trails while the trail builders are in the the field working on the the existing block and then at the same time stephanie and levita you know are working on the building which is called the catawba vale hub Um, and so they're in the process of building that out so it's it's really all these things that are happening at the same time and it's you know it's kind of crazy to Think that we're actually doing it, <laughs> you know? We, because it's been an idea for so long, and now it's like, oh wow! Like there's actual space and there's mm-hmm. actual trails, and
7: mm-hmm.
6: you know, we're, um, yeah, we're we're on the ground and running.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! Now, can people give to this program now to help raise money? Is and if so, is there a way? Is there a mechanism? Who should they contact if they want to get involved and be an investor
6: in this? Yeah, on the trail side, I'll I'll speak to that. And then I'll let Lavita talk about how to give to to people on the move or in Eagle Market. But um, on the trail side, you can donate on the G5 website. There's a link that you can donate via PayPal. If you're not interested in donating online or you have other assets that you want to gift, whether it's stock or or whatever, you can contact um, the Camp Bureau office and we can walk you through that. But but yeah, just the easiest way is to go on the G5 site and, and click on the PayPal link.
3: Yeah, and uh, if you would like to donate to people on the move, uh, we do have a website called oforttogether.org.
6: Well,
0: good. Well, that is all awesome news, y'all. But uh, anything else that you'd love to share?
5: I mean, I'll just say, you know, it's fun kind of reflecting back on that episode and listening to us talking right at that stage in the game, which was like right before all the pieces and all the chips fell into place with these announcements and the funding. And, um, and so, you know, I just say thank you, Mike, for capturing that, like that moment in time, which was a really important moment for us. And also um, really the team dynamic that you captured so well on that. It's just fun to listen to.
0: Awesome. You are welcome. Rounding out our top five and helping us wrap up 2021, episode 49, Kitspo. In this episode, we learned that in 1975, 80% of the clothes Americans purchased were made in the USA. But by the 1980s, there was a drastic decline in American-made apparel. And by the 1990s, almost no apparel was manufactured in the United States of America. Kitsbow's CEO, David Bilstrom, explained why the company completely severed its offshore production process and moved all production back to the United States and ultimately to Old Fort, North Carolina, where the company resides today. David is a community-minded entrepreneur, and his team is admittedly still learning what it means to be a community partner in Old Fort. Listen in as David brings us up to speed with current happenings in and around Kitsbo So tell me about some of the new things that are going on at Kitsbow. I know... The, the pants, you all either launched or relaunched those pants. I've got my eye on those. I saw you out at the the cleanup day, the trail cleanup day for the G5 Trail Collective. Yep. That was yep. fun. But besides that, tell me some of the new things that are going on at Kitsbo.
7: Well, so four things come to mind right away. Um, the first one is, yes, as you noticed, we launched our pants. And yes, you caught the subtlety that it's a relaunch. It's a pant that we first made four years ago in Vietnam, and it was a slow build and then a runaway success, and we sold out of everything we ordered from Vietnam, and we ordered from Vietnam again in 2018, and that sold out. And the reason why it sold out is it's a super durable fabric. It looks like a kind of a dressy Carhartt kind of pant until you wear it on the bike. So it's cut to be worn on a bike, and because it's so tough, it is almost impossible to tear. Some of our ambassadors and dedicated customers let us know that they were riding in the woods in the winter, uh, in the rain in the northwest. Wow! And we had actually designed it for like you know going out to eat in, and it became a particularly for bike camping where you want the same pant to wear around the campfire as you might wear on a stormy day. So it's a heavy duty pant, you know, you're not gonna wear it in the summertime. And now we're making it here. So I got to brag on the crew because we told the world, our customers, that we would start shipping these uh, at the end of December. And the crew brought them online so quickly that we were shipping in the first week of December. Incredible So they've actually been shipping for a couple of weeks now, and a number of people already have them before Christmas, even though we said you know the commercial versions wouldn't be out until about Christmas time and probably January and February to receive yours. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
7: The second thing that happened is we've had a robust response to our first tights designed for women. Okay. And as you know, because of our manufacturing methodology, we can offer lots of different sizes. So the tights actually come in a full range of sizes and two lengths, a regular length and a short length. And we're starting to get feedback now that women love them. Uh, We're gonna be reaching out to a lot of those customers to understand what they do think of it um, so that we can improve if we need to. But our first women's tights are out there on the market and we're making them one at a time. So that's sort of the product news from here. There's some exciting stuff coming in January and February, but that's the December news. We have a third piece of news, which is the trails will start construction um, on January 16th, following a groundbreaking on January 15th. So the Forest Service and the G5 Trail Collective have fast tracked the contractors. And if I understand it correctly, we've hired two different contracting firms so that they can work on two different parts of the trail system at the same time. Wow. And the Forest Service is talking about midsummer for first use of the trails. So if you or anybody else wants to come celebrate the groundbreaking, that's on January 15th. It'll actually be out on the trail system, but you can find out at the Kitsap website, you can find out at the G5 Trail Collective website, and you can stop in at the Ridehouse, and all those people can tell you where it's going to be. Awesome. Um, I believe midday, so it won't be too cold. Great. And I think there'll probably be some beer afterwards. <laughs> Naturally. So the last piece of news is a little bit of a sneak preview. We are creating with McDowell Technical Community College a a series of s- sewing classes. And this is industrial sewing, but we don't believe this has been offered anywhere before. It's more than how to use the sewing machine. It's how to use one piece flow and lean manufacturing, which involves problem solving, communication, teamwork. Uh, there's a lot to it. Um, some might call those soft skills that the students would be learning side by side with the, quote, unquote, hard skills of how to run the sewing machine. And the first class has already started, and we hope in January to be announcing a formal academy. Oh, wow. And these classes, the students are paid to attend the class. So it's 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 a big deal.
0: That is a big deal. Now, the last time that we were talking when we did your initial episode – we talked about a little bit about something like this coming down the line, but that there would be some other, uh, that there would be people coming from other companies, not necessarily you know just to supply for Kitspo, but that you would be tr- really kind of training people for the region for some of the other companies and perhaps even some of the the uh, the employees that will be coming in for Triple Lot and some of the other companies. There is are, are those That's students?
7: That's right. That's right. The students from the classes we're running right now. Um, may, after graduation, they may not work at Kitsbo, they may choose to work somewhere else, and that's fine with us. Initially, it's sewing, but we hope to be adding sewing machine technician almost immediately because everybody needs sewing machine technicians to fix the sewing machines that regularly break as they're used. So, yeah, no, this is this is for the benefit of the region. It's not just for Kitsbo.
0: Fantastic. The last time we were talking, too, we kind of talked a little bit about the... The push to make sure that those people who are working here, the people who would be doing the sewing, the people who would be working um, even in some service industries, especially as it relates to your area. We talked about affordable housing, and I didn't know if there was anything along those fronts um, that have developed since, any conversations. I know that you all, you are are a part, Kitsbo is a part of that. So I didn't know if there's any updates along those fronts.
7: There's nothing we can announce right now. But I believe 2022 is going to see huge progress on affordable housing. There is one development that is breaking ground um, uh, in January, and there's another one. I don't know exactly what the timing is or the capacity that is also an early 2022 solution. And we're having other discussions about additional housing. So we're way behind on this issue, and we're running to catch up.
0: Very nice. Well, I know that it's a conversation that keeps moving forward. So uh, the last time when I left your office after we were interviewing, you were jumping on another call to talk about some materials. And, and then I think later in the day there were things that you were doing that were community-related and always community-related. So I just thank you for, you know, your leadership in that. And also, again, I just want to, th- you know, thank you for your episode. Thanks for the time that you gave us. Definitely congratulations for being part of our top five most listened to episodes. This is our second year doing in that, and I, it's really fun for me to, to track back and it's really cool to kind of hear some some few updates from you and and i know that there will be more updates coming in in 2022 and and beyond but thank you for your business david thank you for what you all are doing uh you're a huge part of this community and uh i just say kudos to you all
4: well
7: thank you mike we really appreciate being included
0: well there you have it our tribute to the 2021 top five most listened to episodes Congratulations to all of our top five and a heartfelt thank you to all of our podcast guests. Without you, there would be no Exploration Local podcast. I also wanna again express my appreciation to you, our listeners. The show experienced over a 200% increase in listenership from 2020 to 2021. And the latest check showed we are now being listened to in nearly 1,000 U.S. cities and 37 countries and territories. Apple Podcasts also announced this fall that Exploration Local was in the top 3% of podcasts in the places and travel category for the US market. Your continued support truly does help our guest stories reach a broader audience. I've made so many awesome new connections this past year. I traveled to some amazing places, met super cool people doing amazing things in the name of conservation, trail design and access, community development, adventure, and tourism. I've met artists, creators, athletes accomplishing amazing feats, city and town leaders, tourism development authorities, adventure professionals, and authors. And I cannot wait to get started in 2022. It's already shaping up to be a year full of great episodes highlighting the amazing places and people that fuel a sense of adventure and exploration in these beautiful mountains. I am blessed beyond measure to call the Blue Ridge Mountains home. And every day is a reminder of just how lucky we are to have so many incredible natural assets to explore and discover. There truly is a lifetime worth of places to explore, whether it's rivers, streams and lakes, trails or mountain towns and businesses. There are also people creating change, authors who guide us to their favorite places and athletes who call this area home and train here because of our unparalleled access to so many great places to hone their craft, as well as amazing outdoor companies. I look forward to continuing to tell their stories in 2022 and beyond. That's a wrap on 2021. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.